It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Welcome to quantum number 200. Uh, This is my fourth one from Scotland, returning to Australia, God willing, next week. Quantum is a podcast that looks at news and views from a Christian perspective. And as I was preparing this week's, it struck me that I doubt any of you listening to this will agree with everything that is said. And what I hope is that all of us are mature enough to allow disagreement and to seek out the opinions of those whom we don't share, not just to get angry with people all the time. I think we need to think and pray and correct and challenge and inform. And then another thing is, somebody asked me uh, sometimes, is it not a bit negative? Now, I'm looking at the news in the world And a lot of it is negative. And it is hard news. But I was reading Thomas Manton this week and he says, Never is there so much of God and and beauty of truth discovered as when errors abound. And I think the light shines all the brighter in the darkness. So when I do describe the darkness, remember I'm doing so in the context of someone who worships and knows the light of the world. Now, if you're not a Christian and you don't know that, don't automatically dismiss it. Um, I ask you again to consider that. And if you are a Christian, then just be so thankful. Thank you. Please be seated. Jenny and I and the girls are very grateful to our church family here. Um, You've given us a great foundation from which we could walk what has been a very difficult walk, I've got to tell you, over the last almost four years. But uh, at the last election, um, we really understood that it was for such a time as this. And uh, now we both know it was for such a time as that. (laughs) God calls us whether you're a prime minister or a pastor, um, running a business, teaching in schools, working in the police force, doesn't matter. We're each called to trust and obey. And uh, that's the life of faithfulness he calls us to. And that's how we live our faith each and every day, regardless of what your job is and to express it how you do that. So I'm not going to rely on my own words. Habakkuk 3.17 Even if the fig tree does not blossom. And there is no fruit on the vines. If 
the yield of the olive oil fails. And if the fields produce no food, even if the flock disappears from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Micah 7, 15. You like this one? As in the day when you went out from the land of Egypt, I will show you miracles. And in Micah 7, 7 to 8. But as for me, I will be on the watch for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not rejoice over me, enemy of mine. Though I fall, I will rise. Though I live in darkness, the Lord is a light for me. May God bless Australia. May God bless our community. And may God continue to show his favour on this wonderful church family. That was Scott Morrison, now the former Prime Minister of Australia. I have to say I was immensely impressed how quickly uh, he conceded and how the transfer of power has gone. We pray for the new Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese. Um, It's very interesting that it's kind of, some people have almost had him like some kind of Obama figure. Um, Let the word go out that Australia is ready to resume its place in the world community. It never lost its place. No longer are we a pariah nation. We never were. It is, uh, yeah. Remember when Obama came to power in 2008 and he said the rise of the oceans began to slow and our planet began to heal? No, that didn't happen. And I don't think Albanese will be able to live up to these kind of messianic expectations. And to be fair to him, he's not that kind of character. He just doesn't have that kind of messianic quality, thankfully. But in terms of the election, one of the things that really disturbed me was the level of personal vitriol towards Scott Morrison, whatever you think of his politics. And a lot of that personal vitriol was because of his Pentecostalism. Now, that clip you heard at the beginning, to me, indicates the fact that he's a real believer and and he was very thankful for his church's support. Now, what what happens in our world today is we get a lot of people who do a lot of virtue signaling. And there were a couple of stories that came out about Scott and Jenny Morrison that showed to me that they were for real. And they, they both came out this week. So there was a story, for example, of the woman who, after the floods up in the northern New South Wales, was invited to and indeed did come and stay in their home. They offered her hospitality without any fuss. And then three, in, in 2020, three children were killed by a drunk driver in Western Sydney. And the father recently revealed that Scott Morrison contacted him personally. Not only that, but Jenny Morrison offered, volunteered to come and sleep over at their house to make his wife feel safe after they were burgled. Now, that's what I call walking the walk, talking the talk and walking the walk. But in terms of the election, again, some Christians are in despair. Some think it's a wonderful thing. We'll wait and see. I've got a a link to an article I wrote on that. But just remember, the Lord is King of Kings and Lord of Lords.
All right. Occasionally we like to have a national anthem. Here is one I don't think we've had before. That is the Norwegian national anthem. I think Norway is just an amazing country with so much good about it. And I know we've got listeners in Norway. But there's a story that comes out of your country, which is quite depressing. It's tied in with what's going on in the rest of the Western world. It's very interesting that in the Australian election, the likes of the Sydney Morning Herald said, oh, that's good. Now Scott Morrison's gone. The culture wars will be over. No, I think they'll actually be stepped up. And I think this kind of thing that's happening in Norway will happen, and, and is happening in other countries as well, will also happen in Australia. So a Norwegian feminist, Christina Ellingson, of the feminist organisation Women's Declaration International, is being investigated for hate crimes for tweets she made between February 2021 and January 2022. She was responding to Christine Marie Gentoff, a representative of the trans activist group Foringen FRI. Gentoff is a man who identifies as a lesbian woman. You heard that right. He says he's a woman and he's a lesbian. Now, the police are investigating. She could face up to three years in prison. And this is what she said. Why does FRI teach young people that males can be lesbians? Isn't that conversion therapy? And a second tweet was, Gentoff, who is male and an advisor in FRI, presents himself as a lesbian. That's how bonkers the organisation which supposedly works to protect young lesbians' interests is. How does it help young lesbians when male claim to be lesbians too? She also said on a television show, and Amnesty International accused her of harassing uh, Gentoff for this, you're a man, you cannot be a mother. To normalise the idea that men can be mothers is a defined form of discrimination against women. Now, just to add to the whole thing, Gentoff made a tweet in 2018. Listen to this. Dear queer children of all ages, I know some of us have parents who don't love us anymore. But thanks to a video I've just seen, I just want to inform you that I'm actually a certified mother wrote this man. So if you ever need a real motherly hug, I'll be happy to oblige. So here is a man contacting children, offering to hug them as though he were their mother. Wow. There are many other things. The FRI, the organisation that he's involved in, is seeking, has resulted in sadomasochism, transvestic fetishism and general fetishism 
being reclassified in the international classification of diseases. Where's all this going? Dr. Michael Weberly has been struck off because from in the UK because of his treatment of 24 patients is deemed a catalogue of failings. Now, he was willing to prescribe sex-change sex drugs and puberty blockers to children as young as 12 without asking them to talk to a daughter. In one example, he prescribed sex-change treatment to a nine-year-old girl who wanted to be a boy after, on the basis of a 10-minute phone interview. I cannot describe how right it is when people talk about this being child abuse and facilitating child abuse. Well, I've been thinking again about how there's got to be a turning at some point. And that reminds me of this song from the birds, from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. To everything there's a season, we turn, turn, turn. I, I just think this is really beautiful and it was great that it was a hit. This deserves more detailed examination than, than I'm going to be able to give it, but we're going to the Texas shooting. Now, in common with, I think, a good practice, and I think it was Jacinda Ardern who did this after the Moss shooting in New Zealand, I'm not going to name the 18-year-old who killed, uh, was it 17 children, and no, 19 children and two teachers. I'm not going to name him because one of the reasons they do it is for fame. But here's a response. There are so many responses. Here's a response from Steve Kerr, basketball coach. Um, I'm not going to talk about basketball. Nothing's uh, happened with our team in the last six hours. We're going to start the same way tonight. Um, any basketball questions uh, don't matter. Um, since we left shoot-around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. And a, and a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the 
devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. Now, there's so many questions in this. Um, and I'm sad that it gets politicized so quickly. There's the whole question of the use of social media to announce it. There's the whole question of why the police took so long to respond. That really is quite extraordinary. And there's the question of gun control. Now, I know some of my American friends get very upset when this is mentioned. Why? Think about it. I don't get this at all. Why should an 18-year-old be able to buy two assault rifles? Why? Do you think uh, an 18-year-old should be able to buy, I don't know, a tank? A bomb? Why should you be able to buy two assault rifles? What are they for? Not for hunting. Not for self-defense. I think background checks and many other things that could be done without violating the right to bear arms, as it's, as, as it's called. Although I still think that has more to do with militias than it does with ordinary citizens. Franklin Graham, I was quite disappointed. Franklin Graham came up with a tweet basically saying that you could take all the guns and pile them up in Central Park and they wouldn't kill anybody. It takes human beings to kill. That's a facetious argument. And I'll tell you why. You could take all the drugs and get rid of them. Drugs don't kill anybody. It's people who are taking drugs who kill them. You could take all the pornography. Doesn't mean, does Franklin Graham think that pornography and drugs, as well as guns, should be freely available? Of course not. The fact is, I live in an apartment block where nobody has a gun. As far as I know, nobody in my area has a gun, except the police. I don't like the idea that there could be a teenager go off their head on drugs or something and have access to guns that they can then use against other people. And that may upset some people, but this will upset people the other way. The world is rightly in mourning, wanting justifiably, I think, gun control. Because of 19 kids killed. But so far this year, 422,818 babies have been killed in the womb. Is there not a right to life for the kids out the womb as well as the kids within the womb? I think of Jesus' condemnation of those who harm children. All right, let's. I've been going through the, my top 10 concerts. And when I was a student, I went down to Hull uh, to a concert to see UB40. Uh, well, it's actually to see Chrissy Hind and the Pretenders, but there was a support band there called UB40. Uh, we didn't get in to the gig, but I remember this, we hung off a tree and managed to hear and see most of it. And they were wonderful. So here's an example of UB40. Me with the 
That was them singing uh, Jimmy Cliff's Many Rivers to Cross. Um, Many Rivers to Cross, but I can't seem to find my way over. Wondering, I am lost as I travel along the white cliffs of Dover. Well, we all have a final river to cross. The River Jordan, if you like. The, the crossing over to death. And I wonder if we're ready for it. Uh, a couple of other news items. Boris Johnson and Partygate. For those who don't know, this is the allegation, which has basically been proven true, because I think there have been over 120 fines about it, that whilst the rest of the country were in lockdown, we weren't allowed to go to funerals, sing in church, people were partying in uh, number 10 Downing Street. Now, you can argue two things. You can argue, first of all, that the rules were ridiculous, and Boris having a drink at a farewell do shouldn't be a big issue. Or you can argue, and I would certainly argue this, that it's an example of hypocrisy. And if you're making the rules and then you're deliberately going out and breaking them and mocking, really, people who made so many sacrifices, you should resign. And if Mr. Johnson had any degree of honour, he would resign. I like what Andrew Neil said. Prime Minister Johnson defends alcohol-fueled Downing Street leaving parties and his leadership duty to attend them. It's a new line and new nonsense. I left the BBC after 25 years during lockdown. There was never any question of a leaving party. We all knew it would be against the rules. Now, it's fascinating that in the UK, it's just been announced by the Chancellor that because of the rising, incredibly high rising energy costs, everyone's going to be, every household's going to get £400 given. Some will get up to £1,250 given. There are those amongst the Conservatives as well who think that whilst this might be relatively good news, it's also something that's a distraction. This was a very expensive party. Now, I'm not sure I want to be that cynical, but I do question, this is going to cost £15 billion, £5 billion of which will come from an, a windfall energy tax. The other £10 billion will yet again add to the debt that the nation is in. Then let's come on to monkeypox. Um, I was just fascinated listening to this because when I heard about monkeypox, first of all, it was reported in such a way as though it was like another COVID virus and my heart sank. And then I began to hear odds and ends, different bits, and they were never emphasised. And I began to question. And then Doug Murray, I'll put a link to his article, who is a gay atheist, uh, pointed out where this had come from. This is not uh, a virus like COVID. It is spread by very close bodily contact. In fact, in Europe, it seems to have arisen at a pride event in Gran Canaria and a gay sauna in Madrid, according to Murray. The government agency that tracks these things already says the dominant groups affected so far are gay and bisexual men. And as Murray points out, there is an immediate backlash against that. And so you have various celebrity GPs, WHO officials and others saying, no, 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 this is not a gay disease. But that's not re really what's being said. The fact is that if you are going to have a lot of promiscuous sex, then you're far more in danger of getting monkeypox. Well, we need to be honest about this, but it's strange how silent 
so many of the media outlets have been, and certainly in their headlines. The fact is, our behaviour does affect our health. And it's strange that there are some groups or some practices that are so protected that you're not allowed to mention that when it comes to them. Um, I just want to say something about religious freedom in Hong Kong. Again, we've mentioned already that Joseph Cardinal, uh, Cardinal Joseph Zen has been arrested along with a former parliamentarian, an academic and a popular singer. And all four were trustees of a 612 humanitarian relief fund. It is just incredible what has been going on in Hong Kong. And just incredible how little protest there has been from the West. And even the Vatican on this, because they have this agreement with the CCP. They made a very, very weak statement. Well, in terms of the church, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And then about the church, we've had some really bad news from the Southern Baptist Church. A scandal there, and again, I pointed to an article written by Al Mohler. Headlines very straightforward, the Houston Chronicle. 20 years, 700 victims, Southern Baptist sexual abuse spreads as leaders resist reforms. Well, Mohler has a brilliant article, and it's something that needs to be faced up to. As he points out, to, first of all, for the sake of the victims but also for the sake of the church and for the sake of the gospel. How, how has this been permitted? That's not to condemn every Southern Baptist church or pastor, but there's something deeply rotten in the heart of an organization that has covered up so much. And I remember the words of Jesus telling us that it's not just false religious teachers, but child abusers will be judged as well. And I cannot conceive of something more hateful to Christ than a man abusing somebody in the name of Christ. All right, um, let's just have a little bit more music. This is from, of course, Scotland. Oh, flower of Scotland, when will we see? But fought and died for your wee bit hill and glen and stood against him. Proud Edward's army and sent him home. What do you think again? The hills are bare now and autumn leaves. So dearly held that stood against him. Proud Edward's army and sent him home. What did think again? Those days are past now. And in the past they must remain. That's all flower of Scotland. And when will we see your likes again? You know, and I thought about that as I've been, it's been a, a, a week of great sadness for me to see that the Church of Scotland 
uh, is in such decline, and that decline is going to continue today. It uh, this week rather it it passed uh, an act recognising same-sex marriage and allowing same-sex marriages to take place in Church of Scotland churches by Church of Scotland ministers. And I've written uh, an article which includes a tremendous quote from John Hayward, says, which says this, The future of the progressive denominations is bleak. Despite the enthusiasm of leaders for the new ideology, they face division and despondency in the church and a faster decline. The embrace of same-sex marriage is the final gasp of churches near the end of their life cycle. Desperately sad. Speaking of which, here is Calvin Robinson, journalist, or trainee ordinand priest in the Anglican Church, speaking about his rejection by the Anglicans. This is the problem, isn't it? If everything is racist and everyone is racist, it undermines actual racism that is happening. I haven't seen any evidence to suggest that the Church of England is racist, and that is my belief, that I would need to see evidence before I believe it. Um, however... Tell us your story, by the way, just in case people have not um, caught yeah. up with this. So I have spent the last couple of years training for the priesthood, for holy orders in the Church of England. Um, I was sent to Oxford to read theology. I've, I've reached the end of my training now, and now is the time that I should be sent to a parish as an assistant priest or a curate. Um, and I was assigned a curacy, and it was snatched away in the last minute. And I, I didn't know why. So I put in a subject access request to the church and found out that actually... The Bishop of Edmonton and the Bishop of London believe strongly that the church is institutionally racist. And when I go on TV and say that I don't believe it is, that has sparked an issue. Now get this, this is so amazing. Here is a black man being refused admission to the Church of England by two white bishops and a white archbishop because he says that the Church of England is not institutionally racist. Just wow. All right. Um, I do want to play you this. This is the writer, Noah Harari, speaking. Uh, I think he's part of the World Economic Forum. And this may even be him speaking at it. Just listen to this. COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. If we want to stop this epidemic, we need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skins. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin. Now it's going under the skin. Governments want to know not just where we go or who we meet. Above all, they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What, what is our medical condition? Now that's chilling for lots of reasons. He's saying, he's the author of Sapiens, he's the author of Homo Deus. And he's saying that uh, governments are now going to have total biometric surveillance, looking at what's under our skin as well. But the chilling bit, and he thinks this is a good thing, that we are acquiring divine powers, turning humans into God. Yeah, I think the Tower of Babel is a pretty good story about that. But the really crazy thing is he says that Jesus rising from the dead is fake news and that free will is over. No, no. Jesus rising from the dead is the real news. In your book, Homo Deus, you spread fake news. You told us just three years ago that war, disease and famine were basically over. No, they won't be over until Christ returns. But I'll tell you this, 
the good news of the resurrection of Jesus, defeating death, defeating disease, is ensuring that we hunger and thirst no more, is the only hope for mankind. So we began with Scott Morrison um, and the sorrow he felt in some ways, but thankfulness to his church. He's got something more than politics. He'll be okay. And I'm going to leave you with this song, The Birds. We had the birds earlier, so we're going to have them again. You never have too much of the birds. I just came across this on Spotify. I thought it was absolutely brilliant about living the Christian life. In this world, that's what we can do. We can live the Christian life. Scott Morrison can live the Christian life. He can offer a home to a flooded out woman. He can sympathize with those who have been bereaved and he can be involved in politics. He lives the Christian life. We are to live the Christian life. What's a friend who wants you to fall? No, they're not worth it. Others find pleasure in things I despise. No, we're not going there. So in this world of confusion and darkness, of children being killed in the womb, children being killed killed by guns in schools, children being killed in Ukraine and elsewhere, we can look to Christ. My buddies tell me that I should have waited. They say I'm missing a whole world of fun. But I still love them and I sing with pride. I like the Christian life. I won't lose. I'm going to love you and leave you and please if you want to support Quantum then go on to the Podbean fundraiser. I'll have lots of links to the various articles, subjects and so on that I've mentioned in this podcast. Any feedback is always appreciated and God willing we shall see you next week. Bye. A whole world of fun. I live without them and walk in